welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys have had a great Monday. Uh, recording this on Monday night. Of course, FSU coming off the bye week. Man, it felt like we got a, our third win in the year with uh, Miami and Florida taking big, fat L's. Man, let me tell you, I was watching the um, the Miami game, and whenever um, the quarterback threw the the pass and it was tip, tipped up in the air, and like the dude, the UNC guy had it, and then he lost it, and then the other guy came down with it. I was like, I, I hollered like FSU won the game. Man, that was that was something crazy. But um, man, how how about Miami? I mean, goodness. Here it is past mid-October, and they still don't have a win over a Power 5 team. And they were and they were laughing and making jokes about FSU um, earlier in the year. Hmm. And they have NC, NC State and Pittsburgh on deck. And uh, I saw that. I was surprised that um, NC State is uh, only a three-point favor in that game. Um, and speaking of um, and placing the bets, um, make sure you go check out um, our sponsor, uh, BetOnline.com. Uh, um, you can head over and um, use the uh, updated desktop or mobile uh, website to sign up today and receive 50% off a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your bonus. Uh, basketball, you know, basketball is on the horizon. Football, um, baseball postseason, uh, NHL, boxing. And UFC uh, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Um, I don't know if I would touch that that um, minus three with NC State. That's a, that's that's too good to be true. Um, you know, when you look at it, you you look at what NC State has done and. Miami has done you're like man you know NC State should should beat them but then again you look at it and you say well man it was like seven to seven going into halftime before NC State got a favorable call against Boston College and um it should have been a turnover in favor of Boston College but they ruled the pass incomplete and NC State kicked a field goal to go up like 10-7 at halftime and of course um, Boston College turned the ball over, uh, I think, two times in the second half, and really that was the difference in the game. And Miami's defense is much better than Boston College. Um, I, I can tell you that. They miss a lot of tackles, but they, they're better defensively than Boston College. And NC State, you know, they typically will lay one on the road. Um, if they don't do it against Miami, hopefully they'll do it against FSU. But, you know, that's a that's a game to, to keep an eye on um, Saturday night. After we're hopefully celebrating uh, our third consecutive win uh, whenever we um, take on UMass uh, in a noon game on Saturday. Um, so finally, we, you know, I, I typically don't like new game, noon games, but this is one where I don't really mind it because um, you kind of expected the win. You can kind of go ahead and, you know, get it out the way, celebrate, and then uh, check out the rest of the games. And, and speaking of uh, another game, how about Florida losing to LSU? Florida lost to LSU, whose coach is, you know, not going to return next year. And they were missing like 20 scholarship players. How how crazy is that? I mean, 
Florida fans, they had a, their best quarterback, you know, since forever last year. They still lost four games. You know, here they are. Um, they've already lost three games this year. And, you know, they they have some tough games coming up too. Man, Miami and Florida have missed – they have missed their opportunity to capitalize on FSU being down. And who knows what's going to happen at Miami with Manny Diaz. I mean, that guy looked so defeated. I don't know if you – if you follow him on Twitter, you saw me – um, retweet someone that posted uh, the video of Manny Diaz uh, shaking hands with Mac Brown after the game, and it looked like Manny Diaz wanted to cry, son. And and Mac Brown had him by the arm, and, <laughs> and he and he wasn't letting him go. And it was like Manny was like, okay, okay. And Mac was like, no, you gonna hear this, bro. You gonna hear this. And um, it was it was so funny. Um, but the thing with Miami is like if if they fire Manny Diaz, it's like who you who you gonna hire? You, you I mean it's not like you have a bunch of money laying around, and who I mean who wants to go to Miami? It's not it's not a top job anymore, and I, I firmly believe that that program will never be elite again. Uh, I, I've said that numerous times. I will say though, I I was surprised that Miami didn't quit when uh, UNC went up. I think it was like twenty eight ten. And, and of course, you know, we we know UNC's defense isn't great, but Miami's offense hasn't been great either. But, you know, and they did get, you know, seven points from the uh, defensive touchdown, uh, which was like an instant replay of Kendo's interception against Sam Howell last year. Right. You know, but I was surprised that Miami played as hard as they did in the second half. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens if they, if they can scratch out a win against NC State, then, you know, who knows? But they have a really tough game against Pittsburgh um, next week. And I know um, Pittsburgh is favored against Clemson uh, this weekend. So I'm definitely going to be checking out that game since FSU has Clemson on deck. But um, uh, let's talk about the um, Ed Orgeron news. Um, you know, I wrote about that on on the site Monday and how, how you know, or, Orgeron not returning next year uh, affects FSU. And one thing I've been seeing, which is rather, rather surprising is, you know, and and it's on Twitter. So, you know, take, take that with a grain of salt. Um, That's a small segment of of the fan base, but some people were talking about, you know, (laughs) bring Orgeron to FSU um, as um, a, a defensive coordinator or defensive line coach. You know, talking about how he's a good recruiter and yada yada yada, and I can tell you, I would I would hard pass on that one thousand percent, especially with, I mean, the guy's going to be sixty one years as old. Number one, I mean, he's older he's older than Odell. You know, he used to coach at Miami way back in the early nineties. Other than that, you know, he didn't really have you know, any ties to the state of Florida or, or, or Georgia. Um, I mean, I think he, I think he went undergrad at Northwestern, you know, so he's old, you know, he, he's not going to be in the, in the coaching game for the next year, at least, you know, so by the time he got back into the game at the earliest, he would be like 62, 63. And then you look at all the baggage that came with him at, at LSU. I mean, yeah, FSU can do better. FSU can do better. And, you know, so just go ahead and, tr- you know, just trash that thought. Um, 
but there, there, I wrote about some targets that LSU, there's one, one commit, um, DeMario Tolan, the linebacker from South Florida. I think FSU should, uh, definitely pursue. Of course you got Julian Armella, um, who everyone thinks is a really battle between LSU and FSU, you know, so that, that change could impact that recruiting. And, um, there's one more guy, uh, Kendrick law, um, that, uh, he's a top 100 player that FSU has gotten on campus before, you know, so that he will be a, a great, a great target to, to pursue, to pursue. But, but really when it comes down to it, if, if uh, a recruit is from the state of Louisiana, I, I wouldn't, you know, I tweeted this earlier Monday. I wouldn't even waste my time, um, you know, recruiting those guys. It's, it's hard to pull. No matter who the coaches, you know, coming in will be there to replace Orjan, you know, it's going to be hard to pull those guys. And I, I would allocate those resources elsewhere to, um, you know, kids that are in um, Florida or Georgia or, or even still, you know, FSU is going to be a player in the transfer portal once again in the 2022 recruiting cycle. So I would, I would save those scholarships for, um, you know, guys in, in the portal opposed to, you know, trying to recruit, you know, some guys that you have a slim chance to none of uh, getting them from Louisiana, you know? So, um, you know, that's, that's what I think on that. Um, but as far as recruiting as a whole, you know, FSU's done a good job of, you know, I know everybody was freaking out about um, Travis Hunter Jr., but I, I feel like I feel like he's going to sign with FSU. Um, so that's, that's kind of a, a no-brainer for me. And, you know, they have uh, A.J. Duffy, who who seems locked in, you know. And like I said before, Travis, Travis Hunter is the most important guy as far as keeping the class together, but A.J. Duffy is the most important player in that class. The quarterback position is a position that – you know, that is going to impact the most in, in when it comes to wins and losses um, in the future. And it could be as early as the next year. Um, Duffy is expected to, you know, sign in the early, early um, signing period and to enroll early, which will give him a chance to compete um, for the job next year. Now, Jordan Travis has, has done a great job and, you know, and, and, and they're playing to his strengths. And, and he does seem to be developing, you know, and his confidence is really high. So, It'll be interesting to see how that battle plays out, but Duffy um, definitely could, um, you know, compete for that job in 2022. But one thing, one thing I think a lot of people are overlooking when it comes to um, FSU recruiting and, and, you know, the coaches and, you know, they were out this week visiting uh, multiple uh, recruiting targets and some commits that they have and, you know, and, just you know, halfway through the season, trying to get a feel for um, where each recruit is, you know, what the possibility of signing them could be, that sort of thing. Um, and they're doing a great job. But one of the most overlooked things will be the current players on the roster. You know, whenever, whenever you see um, Jarvis Brownlee um, FaceTiming, um, Travis Hunter after the um after the game the other week you know that that lets a guy know hey you know he's you know he even said on the video you know when you get here next year um whenever you have a group of current players 
basically recruiting other players, hey, you should be here. We want you here. We need you here. Um, This place is going in the right direction. When they give off that vibe, that is arguably the most important thing that that can happen when it comes to recruiting. You know, the coaches, you know, the coaches can tell tell them how great things are or how they could be or, you know, that that sort of thing. But whenever you have the players that are already there, even though it's a, a two and four season or one and four season, you know, at one point, whenever you have those those current group of players still vouching for the coach, hey. Hey man, I know the record's not what it you know what we want it to be, but you know it's going in the right direction. You know we we believe in Mike Novell, we believe in his staff. Man, that that counts for so much um, when it comes to getting those incoming um, commits. You know to keep uh, recruiting also as well as you know whenever they get recruits on campus. You know, and so, and I know uh, Miami. The Miami game is going to be a big game. Is you know, not not quite as big as Notre Dame in, in terms of the number of recruits that will be in attendance. But you know, there'll be a big number of recruits in attendance, and you know, if the atmosphere is great once again, and the nose play well, and 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 you know, I'm like the little gif on Twitter with a little boy with a double fingers crossed, like please, 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 let us get a win. If FSU can 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 beat Miami and you know play well in the other games then I think I think they'll close um really strong with the remaining targets and there's a number there are a number of blue chip targets out there remaining um probably right off the top of my head there's at least seven or eight that are that are realistic targets um and then again you know with the NCAA passing the um, one-time waiver rule of uh, being able to sign up to 32 um, you know, this 2022 class could really expedite um, things as far as, you know, FSU getting back to uh, a respectable level um, in the near future. Um, but, you know, FSU coming off the bye week, one of the most important things to take place, you know, we talked about it beforehand, you know, everybody getting healthy and uh, FSU released their uh, depth chart for the UMass game and, you know, Jordan Travis is as healthy as, you know, he's been in a while. Even Mike Novell said that in his press conference on, on Monday. You know, he came out of the North Carolina game, you know, pretty, pretty healthy. And he's had, you know, the bye week to get ready. Um, running backs, you know, are ready. Wide receivers are ready. The offensive line, it will have, it looks like the original starting five that went out there for the Notre Dame game. And, you know, that'll be big. We've seen that line whenever you've got the five starters out there. We've seen seen them play relatively well, um, you know, all things considered. And, you know, so I I expect the offense to – offense should hum hum against UMass. UMass has only allowed fewer than 45 points in one game this year, and that was in their last outing against UConn. So, um, you know, the the offense should hum – Defensively, you know, it's, you know, we we got the same guys for the most part, aside from uh, a couple moves in the secondary. We got Kevin Knowles out there, um, starting uh, at the nickel position, and um, you know, everybody else I think is um, pretty much the same guys. And um, and I wrote about it um, in a piece that posted um, Tuesday morning. Um, this will be the first time. 
in a while that, you know, they've, they've had the, the same guys that have been playing. Um, so that's going to be big as far as continuity and communication. You know, that's been FSU's biggest problem on defense is communication. And um, those guys getting rips um, over the last week or two together should be should be um, big and hopefully clearing up the, you know, the majority of those issues. So that is something that, you know, I will be looking for against UMass. And UMass is you know, a terrible offensive team. They only complete about 51% of their passes. Uh, they average less than five yards per play on offense. So this is a game they should dominate. And the implied score um, of the over-under um, is 48 to 13 or something like that. Um, so I will be. that's what I'll be looking for is, you know, I want those guys to go out there with the, the mindset of imposing their will, um, you know, not playing around, you know, go ahead, knowing that, you know, reps, they need, you know, time to rest as far as, you know, not playing any unnecessary reps against a team like UMass when, whenever you have um, you know, Clemson, um, NC State, and Miami, you know, back-to-back-to-back. You know, they need to go ahead and take care of business, you know, get off the field, let the young guys play uh, in the, the remainder of the second half, and, you know, get some experience, try to build some depth, and, and go from there. That is what I'm looking for on Saturday. You know, take care of business and, and let the young guys play. Um, you know, which leads me into expectations. You know, this is the the healthiest that, you know, again, FSU has been. And, you know, and I and I wrote about this, you know, I would treat this kind of like a, a new season. You know, the second half would be like a new season. You know how most teams open up with a cupcake? You know, that would be UMass. And then you might have a tough game, you know, in the second game of the year. Then, then you know, that's Clemson. And, of course, Clemson has not looked anything like we thought they may, um, you know, as we were in the preseason of this year. And Clemson losing to Georgia, losing to NC State, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like, you know, um, back in the day when, you know, Tyson was knocking out people. And, you know, a lot of people lost those fights before they actually got into the ring with him. You know, kind of like FSU used to be back in the day. And then finally FSU lost. And you're like, hold on a second. Those guys are beatable, you know. That's kind of what it what what it feels like with Clemson right now. Um, you know, NC State beat them. Um, Syracuse should have beat them. Boston College almost beat them. You know, they've won a lot of close games. It's almost like they've had the opposite luck of FSU in the early part of the season. Um, all the one one possession games went Clemson's way. You know, they they could really be under five hundred right now, just like FSU. But, you know, if FSU plays well against UMass, comes out of that game healthy, and, you know, they go into, you know, the Clemson game, you know, confidence is is a powerful thing, man. You're starting to see that with this team. Um, you saw it against UNC. Once once they scored that f- first touchdown and cut it to 10-7, you know, the defense got to stop. Offense scored again. You know, defense got to stop. Offense scored again. And you're starting to see, as Mike Norville talked about in the press conference, he's complimentary football. And, you know, if they go into Clemson with confidence and, you know, and, and don't turn the ball over, hey, I, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm interested to see what that spread is, especially if Pittsburgh beats Clemson like most people think will happen. And then, you know, FSU plays well against UMass. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, interested to see that. And, you know, if FSU goes and, 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 and beats Clemson, you know, hey, then, then you got NC State at home. And NC State is is a good team. You know, they 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 run a defense def, uh, a defense that's physical. Um, you know, I think the last the last time I looked as far as advanced metrics, they were like top thirty somewhere in there. Offensively, they could give FSU issues because they get rid of the ball really quick and they like to dink and dunk down the field, and so that will kind of negate FSU's pass rush. Um, so that game, you know, that kind of kind of worries me. Um, you know, they have better quarterback play than Clemson does right now. Um, obviously, Clemson has a better defense, but, um, you know, we'll we'll see how those games shake out. And then you got Miami. You know, Miami and FSU, it didn't really matter. Um, that that game could go either way, um, depending on, you know, how we, what, what teams show up. Uh, Boston College, I've, I've said it, you know, all year long, they are the most overrated team on the schedule. You saw them, you know, they opened up the season like what four and four and one, three and one, something like that. They beat up on a bunch of nobodies, and as soon as they've gotten the conference play, you know, they've taken the L's. Um, you know, so um, that game I expect FSU to win. And then you know, you go into the Florida game. Who knows what Florida's going to look like at the end of the year? It sounds like they have some dissension in the ranks over there. Um, obviously, they just lost to LSU, and they were missing twenty scholarship players. You know, so so anything can happen, man. Um, it all depends on, you know, Mike Novell talks about, you know, FSU taking care of FSU. If FSU can remain healthy, I've said it even before the preseason, I told you I liked the 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 starters. I liked the starters on offense and defense. You know, it was it was the depth, you know, that concerned me. And. And that you know that kind of is proven to be to be true. And you know if you can keep the the starters out there, um, you know they they're a team that could play with anybody, not anybody, but you know most good teams. And but it's whenever you have to take their starters out and go into the depth, you know that's kind of where you see the fall off. You know, so um, if they can stay you know healthy and not turn the ball over. You saw that against UNC. That's the first time they didn't turn the ball over since Florida uh, 2019. You stay healthy, don't turn the ball over. They can beat anybody left on the schedule. You know, so that's exciting, man. Um, especially considering how we felt after the Jacksonville State game. So, um, really excited to um, you know to see how these guys look coming out of the bye week. Hopefully, they are not you know sloppy and lackadaisical. Hopefully they're out there on a mission and they're playing with confidence and they take care of business the way they should. And um, then we'll get ready for a showdown next week. Um, but um, before I go, I want to give a, a big shout out to you guys for um, all the support. Uh, we just crossed um, 100 followers on Twitter. And, you know, usually I'm not on Twitter that much on that account. Um, I'll tweet, for, you know, from it, you know, here and there. And then I'll post uh, the episodes on there. But um, probably, you know, we'll start tweeting somewhat a little more from that account. So um, appreciate all the support. Uh, make sure you tell a friend to, um, to follow us, um, retweet us, like us, um, make sure you download and subscribe and have your notifications on. So whenever the episodes drop, you know, you'll, they'll come right to you and you can listen to them um, in your leisure, whether it's on the, on the drive to work, um, on the way home from work, on your lunch break, uh, while you're working out, um, whatever. 
um, five stars. We appreciate it. Um, it's always fun to to talk FSU and um, um, make sure that if you are placing bets to go to bet online, get those bets in. And um, if you if you are a betting guy, I, you know, I used to bet back in the day, I, I, you know, kind of taking a hiatus. But it's always something that really interests me. If you are um, someone that bets, um, tweet, tweet, um, tweet us at um, Built for Playmakers. That's Built with the number four Playmakers at, on Twitter. And let us know um, what your plays are. And, um, you know, I had uh, one of our um, followers um, one day at a time, you know, he 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 told me he, he wanted some money um a couple weeks ago so that's always exciting to hear so if you uh, are placing your bets um shoot them to us over at um, built for playmakers on twitter and let's see what you're working with and uh, we can track those um but again thank you for all the support um we look forward to talking to you guys in a few days go notes Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.